Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Not enough of us are really comfortable or even understanding that you do have an inner parent and that inner parent is designed for you it's not for you to take care of the world it's for you to learn how to set boundaries and how to protect and take care of you an inner child isn't just three-year-old it's the 12-year-old it's the 15-year-old once you can start to recognize that archetype within you then that's at the point that you start to say do you see that you're taking care of everyone but you but underneath trauma there exists an essence that is confident calm and curious that's the adult archetype we were born with that gold through the course of our lives things happen and we're afraid and we start to form these protective layers body fat the layer might be alcohol you can heal a woman you you really do heal generational trauma often women are still the center of the home and when you have a healed woman the trickle down effect is so profound welcome to the inspired evolution i'm your humble host amrit sandhu and you're tuning in to a conscious conversation designed to help you grow Our mission here is simple. It's for you to live your purpose, live your best life, live the life you love. This podcast is sponsored by Enthusiasm for Life, by great creation itself. To keep the good vibes flowing for myself and yourself, do us a solid. Subscribe to the Inspired Evolution podcast on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution podcast. Now sit back, relax, open your mind, open your heart to this conversation and stay inspired Keep evolving. Welcome back to the Inspired Evolution. And we have with us today, inspiring our evolution, Crystal Andrews Morissette. Crystal, how are you there, Sister Bear? Oh my God, you're so fun. I'm so good. (laughs) I'm so happy to be here with you. 
Oh, man, it is such a treat for us to have you here, gracing us pres- with your presence, man. For those tuning into Crystal for the first time, I'll quickly do the honors. She's an international bestselling author. She's written five books. She talks about emotional age. She's a communication expert. She's a women's advocate. She's empowering women all over the world with what is called the SWAT Institute, SWAT. We'll find out more about that. She's effectively an empowerment coach, and she helps people actually get their empowerment coaching certifications as well. Um, She wrote a book called The Emotional Edge. This is quite, how do I describe what I've taken away from the book? Well, it's it's quite profound in how you've been able to lay out a bunch of, like you've been able to delineate the the soupy kind of thready, messy world that is emotions um, and actually lay out some really clear boundaries, parameters, ideas that actually help us navigate the realm of emotions, which can be so messy. Um, can you describe to us emotional age what is emotional age crystal and where did this idea first come to you that we all have an emotional age you know it was so shocking to me when i realized that no scientist or author or psychologist had written on emotional age so when i first came up with the idea i i hired my researcher like search everywhere am i getting this from somewhere else like is am i downloading this and i don't realize i'm like and she was like no no there's emotional intelligence and i thought the way that i came up with the concept and and in fairness i didn't know this at the time but back in the 70s eric byrne had uh, a great psychologist had come up with a concept out called transactional analysis so he had the idea that within each of us we have sort of three ego states a parent, a child, and an adult. So that was his work. That's not it, this, not what this is, but it has the same sort of thread to it, which is that obviously we all have a chronological age. And then scientists have theorized that we also have a biological age. So like, for example, I'm 52, but biologically, I like to think I'm 33 and I'm going to be 32 <laughs> forever. Um, and so emotional age is is similar in the sense that it's not in alignment with your chronological age, um, but it's really the way that we show up in the world. It's how we communicate, negotiate, compromise. Um We've all seen that young 20-something-year-old that's carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders. And, and I would say they're showing up in a, in a, in a you know, some would say, does it mean, mean they're an old soul? And, you know, I used to that say. That was going to well, be one of my questions. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah. You would ask that. And I think, well, it's it, probably in truth. Yeah, you probably, when we see those people, we say, oh, she's an old soul. But really, no, she's just, or he's just. He's just behaving and showing up in a way that's way beyond his age or her age. Um, I came up with the idea that within each of us, we all have the same thing. We all have sort of a child archetype, although that child archetype, I then broke down into, we can talk about, um, I broke down into 11 sort of emotional sub archetypes. So there's like the scared child all the way up to the rebellious teenager, to the charmer, to the warrior. Um, and then within each of us, we all have a parent archetype. So for women, I would call it your mother energy. If it was a man, and I don't do a lot of work with men, but if it were a man, I would say, you're really showing up in your father energy. You're really showing up in, you know, and and for so for, and then we all have, although not enough of us know how to sustain and really step into that empowered adult 
energy. So for a woman, I would say that's your woman energy. And it, it's not based on age, but it's really based on this idea of, um, you know, how are you negotiating in your relationships? How are you parenting? We often think we should parent from our parent archetype, but I've raised two amazing daughters. They're wildly successful, grown women now. Um, and I realized at a certain point that if I didn't start parenting them from woman energy, then I would be teaching them not how to be a really empowered woman in the world. So the idea is that we each have three. We have these three main archetypes. And when we heal sort of the disconnect between that inner child and that inner adult or that inner parent, when we heal that, we really start showing up as our most empowered adult. Wow. There yeah, is, a lot. You've, that yeah, you've covered so much solid ground in there because I think like the, the, first of all, the, the idea of the emotional age, because I've, I've, yeah, you know, I go to the gym, I got this like sort of app and we just sort of check, like we do all these body scans and stuff. And it like, tells you your, your physical biological age from how, like, you know, you've been training and watching the trend sort of come down and uh, recently hitting a point where it's like, it's kind of inverted. It's like, I'm getting older, but my biological age just went one year younger. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm fit. You know? And it's touch wood. It's such an, um, it's such an incredible way to, well, for me personally, just to receive the wisdom of like, what's your emotional age? And I really like how you're describing the three different archetypes, obviously the child, and we can sort of see that, you know, child's, and I'd love to get you to expand on maybe what each of them are, because the child, I'm assuming is, um, you know, you can sort of feel as you tune into it, it's a little bit younger, it's got its needs, you know, it tantrums a little bit around certain things. Then you've got the parent, which is, you know, I can imagine, you know, being a parent it's got the martyr in there a little bit you know very self-sacrificing um and then I can sort of hear that you know the adult is this it's a it's a bit more neutral yeah it's found this neutral hallowed ground a little bit um between in and around all of all of what's going on and yeah you talked about the 11 subcategories of the children maybe we'll get into that a little bit later but can you describe for us what each of the the three look like um yeah, because I I can put some words to it, but I think hearing it from you would be really useful for those that are tuning in, just so that they can really identify it. Oh, this is what I'm this is what I'm living in, or this is what I'm landing in. And another question. Sorry, I know I'm stacking questions, which is super inappropriate to me as an interviewer. Do we occupy one consistently, or are we actually like flirting with different ones in different situations? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm actually writing it down so I don't forget. Do we occupy? Now I'm a coach. Here's the coach and me coming out. I got to write it down. Uh, let me first tell you sort of a little bit. So, okay, I, I think you, obviously you have an inspired evolution show. So I'm guessing that your audience would be sort of uh, evolved. Um, uh, so I'm going to say the child archetype is the most selfless are this rather the most selfish part of us it's the part of us that needs demands wants and it knows there's something great out there um she wants she wants that better life she's not sure how to get that better life um the parent archetype is the most selfless part of us it's the part that will give and do and care and often carries the weight of the world on your shoulders 
And I think of the adult archetype is this balance between both, which means it's your most authentic self. So the child is the selfish, the adult, the parent rather is the selfless. And the adult is this sort of balance between the two, which allows us to show up as our self, our true self, our real self. Um, do we move in between them? Yes. However, and I do have a quiz. Um, we don't want anyone to go right now, but after the um, show, um, you can take my emotional age quiz on Oprah.com. Um, so yeah, we'll send you the link for that. But I'll so put a Jeremy, link in the show notes for those that are tuning in. Sorry to interrupt, but I'll put a link right at the very top of the show notes to this episode. After you've listened in, you can go check that out. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yes, generally speaking, what tends to happen is we all like to think we show up. And, and I laugh because how many people have said, oh, I took the quiz and I'm definitely showing up in my adult archetype. And then I say, well, now you have to look at your life because your life will truly reflect the truth of how you're showing up. We all, most of us know the right answers and we can give great advice to other people, but it's where are we really showing up in our own lives, in our own relationships, with our money, with our bodies, with our, with our health, with our children, with our parents, how are we really showing up? So generally we, we all like to think we're in the adult, but we will lean more to one side or more to the other side. So it's not that you wouldn't move in and out. And sometimes with different people. So you might be, um, you know, at work, you might really be showing up as the adult archetype. But, you know, when you're with your partner, you're showing up like the bad boy or the, you know, how many women I hear say, my God, it's like, I feel like my husband's my child. And I'm sure there are men that say that, you know, when you see the older man and he's married to sort of the trophy wife, that's, she's really more in her child or daughter energy. So yes, we we move in between all three all the time. The secret is learning how to, I'm going to use the word heal, the relationship within, between your inner child and your, and you, and I think a lot of us, we, we're really comfortable with inner child work. Not enough of us are really comfortable or even understanding that you do have an inner parent and that inner parent is designed for you. It's not for you to take care of the world. It's for you to learn how to set boundaries and how to protect and take care of you. And when that relationship between the, the battle that's going on between us inside, when that gets healed, it's almost effortless to show up as the empowered adult everywhere you go, all the time, with everyone you're with. Wow. So, yes, in a child, I've... We've had the conversation here on the Inspired Evolution podcast a couple of times, um, but the inner parent, tell us a little bit more about the inner parent and how we, yeah, can connect. Is it much the same as how we connect to our inner child? Yeah, can you tell us about how to build a connection? Because I'm sure healing is the question I should be asking, but obviously being an engineer, I do everything step by step. So <laughs> how do we connect? And then let's yeah. discuss healing. Yeah. So perfect. So I find often once you get an understanding and you can first recognize before we can heal anything, and, and it's not even, I, I think a lot of people even might think they've done the healing of the inner child, but um, I think very few of us really, really do, because I think we often think inner child as this sort of 
scared little, for me, a scared little girl, for you, a scared little boy. But inner child isn't just the three-year-old. It's the 12-year-old. It's the 15-year-old. It's the 18-year-old. It's, it's, it's the, it's that, it's that, that this whole t- freight time in your life. What we often don't recognize and realize is that we also were given and we were born with, so yes, we were born with this inner child, but we were also born with this inner wisdom. We were born with this very protective, calm, curious self. Um, And I think that when we haven't been protected as children and we didn't have anyone really teaching us how to protect ourselves, and I think it's more that. I think when we weren't, protected as children we don't we don't even realize that we we have this protective self within us so it's once you start it's almost like you take the quiz and then you go oh my god i'm showing up as a, as a parent everywhere i go to everybody once you can start to recognize that that archetype within you then you can then that's at the point that you start to say do you see that you're taking care of everyone but you? And do you see that that part of you that can be such a fierce mama bear, say, for somebody else, for your child or for for that, for that stranger, for that, you know, we'll do all these things for other people. But once you can start to realize that you, that protective mechanism within you, if you're, if you can't connect with it and you can't recognize that she has a job to do and that her job is to take care of your inner child, her job. So they both then have a job to do and you can get on with it. So how do you heal it? First, recognizing it. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of us that are very, very uncomfortable with our inner parent because we think it, it's, it's boring or it's too responsible or it's, and we, we almost can disown that part of us. And I, I don't think you can go out there in the world and truly trust yourself to always take care of yourself until you re, really reconnect with your inner parent. Mm, and reclaim. You, yeah. yeah, reclaim that part of you. Because once you've reclaimed that part of you, then you, you, you feel quite fearless. Yeah, I can... Even as you're talking, I can feel just the awareness being feels wholesome, feels really wholesome. I'm going to flick out on a tangent for a little bit here, Crystal, and just part of me, and hopefully it's okay to ask this question. I've just come to learn through the Inspired Evolution that oftentimes our biggest gifts to the world come from our biggest challenges. And I'd love to just sort of take a, a quick foray into what was it in your life that introduced this profound body of work into like how did you develop this were these tools necessary for you on your journey to learn because of some of the challenges you'd gone through in life and what were some of those challenges yeah it's a great question um I I, it's interesting at my age I find I don't share my story that much anymore and I find people Mm -hmm if they've met me or know my work, we kind of skip over it. But um, (laughs) the truth is we all teach what we needed to learn. We all teach what we need to learn. Um, And so I, interestingly, when I found my very first journal, it was in 1997 and I was 27 years old. How old does that make me? (laughs) Um, um, The very first line 
of my very first journal because I never even felt safe enough to ever even put my own thoughts down on paper. I was so afraid somebody would read them or somebody would, um, was I just want to be empowered. And interestingly to the outside world, I looked very empowered. Um, I looked very empowered, but inside I still felt afraid a lot. And I felt this inner feeling of like, but if you knew the truth of who I am, if you knew the truth of what I've been through, if you knew the truth of um, so many of the traumas, like you wouldn't, you probably wouldn't think I was that wonderful or that great. Um, and so that's when my deep work began. You've shared, I don't know if you shared it on, on the recording here, but you shared that you've recently become a parent. And it was me becoming a parent. Um, my, my first daughter was born in 95. My second daughter was born in 96. And by 97, that's when I knew, looking down at these two little girls, um, I was robbing them of the most dynamic woman they would ever know. And that was me. And I knew I needed to do this healing so that I could, I could, I could heal my legacy. I, I, you know, I was very, I went through a lot of trauma. I came from beautiful looking people and they looked like Hollywood movie stars and they, by outside appearances, they looked like we had it all, but they're, you know, there was, it, it was just really dysfunctional and there was a lot of abuse and, and in, in fairness, um, it was really when my parents split up when I was 12, it was just like my parents just like threw the babies out with the bathwater, so to speak. Um, and I went from having sort of 12 relatively good years that built my confidence. So I'm so grateful for those 12 years of, of feeling very confident and doing very well in school and winning every sporting event and being to all of a sudden my, my father left. And then my mother just went off the deep end. And by the time I was 15, I was living on my own. I'd, I'd already by in that those three short years had experienced so much sexual assault and abuse. Um, and yeah, it just, it was almost like I took all of that and just wrapped it up and put it somewhere in some drawer that I, I didn't, I didn't want to deal with. And I didn't even want anyone to ever know even existed. In fact, my first husband didn't even know I'd been sexually abused. Like I just hid everything. Um, and then it wasn't until I had my daughters that I, I, it all just started bubbling up and coming out and out of me that I knew like, I, I need to, I need to deal with this. Um, and when I would talk, and it was interesting because I was, I was still very successful in my business life, but I would talk with my team and I started using this concept, not knowing that nobody else got it. Well, they got it, but not knowing that nobody else talked like this. But I would say, um, when I was, you know, talking with like salespeople that worked, that worked for me, I would say, you know, don't show up like their mother. Don't be the mother to everybody. Like you've got to show up like a woman, you know? And, 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 and when we did things over the phone, there was a lot of, you know, phone calling and stuff. I'd say, don't talk in that little baby girl voice. Don't show up like a little girl and you don't have to show up like their mother. You've got to show up like a woman. And that's when my team started saying, where did you get this idea that we have these three aspects to ourselves? And that's when I was like, where did I get this idea? Well, yeah, of course, you know, all the great thinkers, I'm going to put myself in there. The great thinkers like Freud said, we have these three aspects to the self. He said, we have the id, 
the superego and the ego. And that always fascinated me, psychology. And then when I heard Carl Jung talk about the idea that we have this ego and we have this shadow and then we have this sort of collective unconscious, these three aspects, I was like, yeah, it's kind of like your your child archetype is sort of like the id. <laughs> your 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 parent archetype is sort of like it's the superego. And then your your adult archetype is this balance between the two. But then also being sad, I was like, when I thought of Jung's work, I was like, well, kind of the dominant emotional archetype you feel comfortable showing the world is your ego. But it's really driven by the idea that you don't want anyone to know about. To see. Yeah. So that, 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 that sort of submissive archetype, like if you show up like the mother, it's really because you're mortified of your child archetype. If you show up like the child, it's really because you're mortified of this, this parent archetype. So it, it just all started to click for me. And I don't know where, I think I was in the flow. That, that's my most honest answer is I think I was in the flow when I was like downloading, like I was just downloading <laughs> like almost like, whoa, I'm in creative genius right now. Like, I just think it was my calling. I think I was smart enough that my brain was grabbing it, but I also think I was intuitive enough that I was intuitively and I'm also, as a coach, and I, I know you're a coach, and I've been coaching for 30 years before anyone called it coaching. Um, and, it, and it blows me away because I was actually the first person, when I, when I look at this book and I think back in the 2000, like 2009, Simply Empowered came out. There was no empowerment coaching. I coined the term empowerment coaching. There was nobody else doing it. Um, and that's when I launched the school, um, the SWAT Institute, Simply Woman Accredited Trainer. And it wasn't that we were anti-man. It was that I just knew. I Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. I, I could see before I owned health clubs before that, and I owned women's only health clubs and I owned co-ed health clubs. And I would see how different women behaved when just one man would walk into the room, just one man. You just feel the energy change with all these women. I just thought we well, need to get women alone to do this, this real deep healing where we're, we're, we can just really talk about the the deep stuff without worrying about how do I look or what does he think or like I just wanted to take the the sexual part of Background it right out yeah yeah and so that's how I I I came up with the idea I mean how do how do we come up with how do how do great musicians how do they where do they come up with that sometimes it's like I don't know if you're just so inspired by something or different ideas click at the same time and and 
and yeah. that's that's where it grew from yeah we were having a conversation on where ideas come from last week on the podcast pardon me i can't remember who it was with because i'm so engrossed in this conversation right now um but it was um yeah it was really interesting the the concept of the fact that ideas actually exist in the ether Yes. And we just sort of, we are primed by the universe a certain way to pick them up. And if we don't pick them up, because is that, is something that they were telling the story, I'd heard it the other way around, but they were telling the story that um, that Prince wanted to write a song and woke up at 3 a.m., contacted his team. He's like, we have to record this song right now. And they're like, what? Like, it's 3 a.m. Can I wait till 6 in the morning? And he's like, no, because if I wait, Michael Jackson's going to get it. And he's going to record the song. It is true. Wait, what? Like, what? A hundred percent. It's like, I I teach this in our school. Like, I teach this. It's like your vibe. And I I love before we went live, you said, you know, the audience is kind of a little bit hippie. And and so, like, you can use those words that are like, you know, um, your vibe attracts your tribe. Like, your vibe attracts the info. And... And I think when you're, and I think empowerment is really based off the idea of that. Do I have this book in front of me? The great book, where is it? I usually have it right here. Here it is. Um, The great book, Power Versus Force, which you can tell it's been read a million times. But he, David Hawkins created this brilliant map of consciousness. Yeah, this idea that, and it's not that the lower energies are bad, or negative, but they are heavier. They are heavier. And, and, you know, you're, I think you're more sort of in the matter, the material world. And I think as your energy gets lighter, you can sort of access higher levels of consciousness. And, and it's interesting because for many, many years I did, I wrote all my books at three in the morning. I I would, I would wake up with an idea and I, I would grab a journal almost sometimes sound asleep and flick a light on and I would just start writing. And sometimes I would read it the next morning and go, wow, where did you get that? Oh my God, I'm smart. And for years, I almost felt like like a fraud being like, where did I get that? Where did you get that? But I guess that's just how ideas come to us. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And I love the, um, yeah especially with um, David Hawkins' work, like the opportunity that is there for us in the in the lower frequencies to really do the work. The, the adult. So tell us a little bit about the adult before we dive into, because you've got a spectrum um, that can help us understand the empowerment spectrum as well. So, but before we dive into that, let's understand the adult just so we're, we're, yeah, keeping sure. things a little bit tight as we're introducing yeah. the ideas. So I love that you, you. I think your hands just did that. So I always sort of looked at it almost like the empowerment spectrum is is sort of the the parent is down here uh, on the other side of that triangle. The child is down here and the empowered adult is sort of this at the pinnacle. It's up at the top, sort of like, and so within that empowerment spectrum of these three dominant archetypes, there's also a communication scale. So the very sort of the lowest way that we communicate in the world, and we've all been there, is passive. 
Um, it's this idea of like, you know, and I've heard people say they're a pacifist. And I think, do you know the difference between peaceful and passive? Like they're as different as black and white. Um, and so passive is sort of this almost a learned helplessness. It's an idea of like, it is what it is. There's not a lot I can do. You know, I, I, this is given. And then we start to build. And then, you know, in order to get into empowered levels, we then we we start to sort of get angry and then that passiveness turns into a passive aggressiveness. And then if we can keep pushing through, um, this is the real fork in the road where we either become aggressive or we become assertive. And I think the adult archetype is, is once we start to understand that every single relationship is a negotiation and when we can when we can communicate and negotiate in a way where it's a win-win, like you have to win, but I have to win. If you're winning and I'm not winning, it's not going to work. And if I'm winning and you're not winning, it's not going to work. In fact, I remember one time saying to my husband many years ago, we were arguing about something. And I said something like, why do you always have to get the last word in? And he said, well, because if I don't, then you would win. And then I went, honey, if if you you don't win. I don't win. If I don't win, we have to both win. Like it doesn't, we're not in a, we're on the same team. We're on the same team. Like we have to see that. And we also have to start seeing people, all of us as like, we're on the same team. We're not competing with each other. We're not in a battle with each other. We have to, and so as we start to move into that adult archetype, we move up the empowerment spectrum where we start communicating with a level of acceptance. You know, I, again, using my husband, I remember one time we were arguing and I just, I'd, I'd said this thought so many times in my head and I finally just said it out loud. And I said, I don't get you. I don't understand you, but I accept you. And he started laughing. He just laughed and he said, "Oh, good, good." Too. And and I don't think you can reach love. I don't think you can know love. I don't think you can communicate in love until you embody acceptance. And there has to be a sense of acceptance of yourself, acceptance of other people, acceptance of our differences. And I think that starts to move us into a way of being in the world where we, as woo-woo or spiritual, or that we start to just show up in love and we we speak with love, we act with love, we do our best to do things in the most loving way. We we and you know, I'm even often baffled when I read in like the dictionary that like humans aren't considered nature like trees and plants and animals, this is nature, but people aren't part of nature. And I'm like, but we are. And I think once you start to recognize that way of being in the world, then you start showing up and operating from a level of consciousness that is pretty light and pretty loving and pretty joyous. And, and we laugh and laughter is the best medicine. And so I think of that adult archetype as sort of this, Calm. You know, I also love the book. I, I know I just have a million books around me all the time, but I also love the book, The Body Keeps Score. Oh, um, yes. We had Dr. Bessel van der Kolk on. He's oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. And I love that he talks about, you know, underneath, you know, all, any, any one of us. And I think we've all been traumatized. Even the last few years have been traumatic everywhere in the world. But underneath, 
trauma, there exists an essence that is confident, calm, and curious. That's the adult archetype. We were born with it. We were born with that gold. And then I think through the course of our lives, things happen and we're afraid and we start to form these protective, I use the word archetypes, but just protective layers. And the layer might be body fat. The layer might be alcohol. The layer might be, we just start forming these ways of sort of, of protecting the gold in the way we know how. And I think it's not until we reach and we create an environment that we feel safe enough that we can start to strip away that clay, so to speak. Um, and we get back to being our, our golden, shiny adult self. Many people will probably be looking for others to make the environment around them safe to do that. But from what I'm gathering, from what you're sharing, it's on us to do that. Obviously, I'm leaning into the idea that, you know, a lot of your coaching is called empowerment coaching. Can you yeah. clarify? You that? Yeah, like, I mean, you know, I, I, I use that, this simple analogy of like, I remember one day I'm laying in my backyard and I look up at this huge pine tree. And honestly, this pine tree, like, I don't, I don't know, it's so tall. And I think, wow, there must be like millions of little pine cones on that, on that pine tree. And um, and if that pine cone just happens to f get into the right environment, the right soil, the right amount of water, the amount, then the infinite potential in that little tiny thing is that tree. It's already in there, but it has to have the right environment. And the difference between us and a pine cone is that we are adults. And at a certain point, I understand when you're a child. I went through a lot of abuse. I, I mean, even before my parents split up, I just had a really bully older brother. Like I just felt like I just lived my life with abuse. And But there does come a certain point, no matter what you've been through, that if you want to have a better life, you have to, you have to decide that. And, and some of us don't even know how much we matter. We don't realize how much we matter. We don't realize how important we are. We don't realize how important our life is. Um, but if you can, and for me with empowerment coaching, um, it's that it's reminding that woman or that person of who she really is. And when that click happens, suddenly she starts to realize, yeah, yeah, my life does matter. And, and then you start to realize I do, I can make choices. And sometimes it feels like you're turning, turning the Titanic. But once you realize that with patience and persistence and a plan, you can get yourself into a better place. And, and we, um, most of us have had times in our life where we feel like, you know, it's the environment isn't healthy. And sometimes we've recreated the same emotional atmosphere that we grew up in. That's very common. Um, and so it's, it's not until you have an awareness of like, how am I communicating? How am I showing up? What is my life showing to me? And that helps you to start to recognize the way you think, the beliefs you've, you've taken on. Um, and what I love is the idea now that, you know, we're, we're learning so much more about growth mindset and we're understanding that the brain, you know, can literally grow new neurons. We can create new, you know, synaptic pathways we can learn to do it differently. That idea that you can't teach an old dog new tricks, 
it's not true. We can learn and we can do it differently. And it really doesn't matter what age the click happens. Women say to me all the time, why didn't I learn this when I was a kid? And I said, because it wasn't out there. Mm, You're learning it now. (laughs) You're learning it now, but we also didn't have this information. So as we are getting the information and we're learning, it's not just what you what you know, but it's what you do with what you know. So it's it's you you're going to have to take action. And taking action takes courage. And and everything gets better from courage and up. Once you have the courage to like channel that anger rather than letting it implode on you, reroute that fear instead of just letting it like, you know, immobilize you. Once you start to realize, you know, and I think a lot of times for people when they actually hear my story, the real story, then they are blown away with what I've created and what I've done. So, and that's why sometimes telling the story is so impactful because then they go, wow, like if you can do it, I can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. Um, But you do have to, you do have to start believing in yourself. You do, you have to believe in yourself. And, And that's, that's a, that's a big one because I think a lot of us have, um, have been taught to not believe in ourselves, not, not believe in our worth, not believe that our life matters that much. Um, and if it sounds a little narcissistic, you're going to have to also, that's an archetype. You're going to have to make peace with that, that narcissism, because if you don't have a tiny bit of that, not a lot, but a little bit, then why would you have a podcast? You've got to believe you matter enough. Why would you write a book? You have to believe that your words matter enough that someone's going to read them. Um, and, you know, that, that ta- especially for women, I don't know about for men, but for women to actually believe, like, my words matter? Wow. Like, you know, I can write a book and someone's going to buy it? Wow. Like, yeah. And then that, you know, your confidence starts to grow and your courage muscle starts to grow. And before you know it, it's just like working out in the gym that stuff gets easier and easier. And you look back at your life and you realize, wow, things that were so debilitating or so overwhelming are effortless now. They're easy. When I was first introduced to your empowerment spectrum, it was, um, I had this profound awareness um, because it goes from passive to passive aggressive, moving through to aggressive, then you become assertive, then you become accepting, then you become loving, then you become joyous, then you become peaceful. Um, and it's so interesting because you mentioned this earlier, passive and peaceful, without the spectrum laid out in front of you, they both kind of seem like they're in a similar camp until you really start to pry open the difference between the two. Um, they're and you've literally put them at opposite ends of the spectrum. And I think you've done, you've already explained um, the difference between being passive is very different to being peaceful. But the thing that was really um, interesting for me, because I've, I've been living in this model where, you know, through my coaching, it's not too dissimilar where it's, you know, trying to empower others to live a life in alignment to, well, ultimately their values, but then also that what, you know, their purpose is, that what spirit put them here for. And, um, yeah, it's, you know, level one consciousness is around like 
life happening to you and I could see that like in the passive you know and then if you break through level one consciousness where there's four levels like you break into level two which is life is happening by you and you know that's when you start getting passive aggressive to crack through and then there's aggressive and assertive sort of like life is happening by me like I'm enraged by being you know life happening to me something wasn't working so well so now I'm going to take charge and you actually get assertive and then level three consciousness is like life happening through you right um which is then like you know being you being more accepting more loving and then ultimately life level four consciousness is life is happening as you you know and i imagine that's quite a joyous peaceful place to be where it's just you know it's yeah so i i could see the the depth of the wisdom and you mentioned when you were describing passive and peaceful um and the levels of consciousness it was just really profound to just feel into how deep this work really goes and i guess that entire share to sort of get your ideas on you know I imagine at different stages of the journey from being the parent and child and being passive and passive aggressive to potentially being aggressive working our way up towards becoming assertive accepting loving ultimately more peaceful different stages different tools techniques to help us get through um yeah is there a is there a journey that you espouse that can support us um getting towards being more peaceful with ourselves. Yeah. And, and it's so, um, one of the things that I just thought when you were saying that, I think all truths align. That's how you know when something is the truth because it aligns and you're like, Oh, that also, that works with chakras. Oh, that works with these four levels that you were talking about. Universal wisdom. Yeah. 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 Universal wisdom. And so when you feel that, then you go, Oh, yeah, this should be able to be put up against any other truth and stand alone, but united. Um, yeah, with the truth. The truth is the truth. You know, we, we now live in an era where, you know, you'll hear people saying, well, that's my truth. And so this is where we have to be careful, too, with like, you know, words matter because sometimes it's not the truth. It's 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 my my truth. And so that's why you can have you know, two kids that come from the same parents that say, well, that didn't happen, but it, it did happen to me. It's, it, this is my experience and this is, this is my truth. Um, and so you asked if there are tools, there have to be. I think, I think when we, when we don't give people the tools, expecting them to just, you know, you know, I even think about when you hear what I've listened, I listen to them all and I love them all and I listen to them all and I'm always listening to them all. And I'm always like, but um, when you hear someone just say, you know, you just have to change your thoughts, but how, how do you change your thoughts? And what I also find interesting is that researchers don't know what comes first, the emotion or the thought. They happen so simultaneously that for me, because I'm not always able to grab the thought, I can ask myself if it didn't make me a bad woman, it didn't make me a bad mother, it didn't make me a bad daughter, it didn't mean anything about me, what am I feeling right now under the surface? Learning to recognize your emotions and being able to name them. And sometimes we don't when we first start. Sometimes we don't even know what to call that. But even being able to say it, it feels racing or it feels heavy or it feels like a big black gaping hole or it feels, you know, being able to recognize even, and so for me, I'm all, one of the things I teach is coaching from the body, not from the head. So we want to get out of the brain. 
We want to get out of the racing thoughts. We want to get, and I'll even just say, imagine there's like a little you and you're standing on an elevator and you're going to press the down button and you're just going to close your eyes and feel yourself dropping down, 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 out of your busy brain, down into your breath, down into your chest and being able to just feel yourself. And if I were to ask you to point to yourself right now, you would probably point somewhere here. I've never said to somebody, point to yourself and seen them do this. Like, <laughs> no, most of us will live up here and we're trying to make decisions from this computer, this programming, this, this downloading, but all your emotions lie in your body. We often think, even when we talk about the brain and we think emotions or we think like, oh, you have that thought. So, you know, there's like 50 active uh, drugs that are more powerful than morphine in the body. And we think, oh, it's the brain endorphins. Oh, you have you feel good. It's it, But all that stuff is actually happening in the body. So when you can get out of the brain and down into your body, you can start to sort of say, what do I feel? If it didn't make me bad, it didn't make me, what do I feel? And then based off those feelings, I have created a very unique set of processes and interventions, each one designed to just lift you a little bit higher. So we never spiritually bypass. You can't go from you know, if you have somebody that comes to you and they just feel they're just really struggling with like who I am is no good or what I did was no good. And they're just struggling with shame or guilt or that feeling of stuckness. Like, I just I just feel stuck. I don't feel anything. I feel numb. Being able to saying to somebody like that, you know, you just got to love yourself. It's it's ridiculous. It's it's unfair. It's not going to happen. It's why it's it's the same reasons why I say it. I can't believe I'm just gonna say it, but I'm gonna say, you know, you go to these days and you walk on hot coals and then you gotta go back to your life. And like that that burst isn't gonna be enough to sustain it. So you need to have life tools. You need to have real sustainable tools. Um, and you know, I've because I've done this for so many years, um, and and coached so many times. I, you know, I, I started to put together sort of a formula for each level of consciousness. Um, and I remember at one point, and I, I started to attract the most brilliant women into my school, doctors and lawyers and psychologists. And I would think, how are these women finding me and listening to me and trusting me? Um, and I, at one point, I had um, one of my students who who graduated and she was a psychologist and a lawyer. And she said, you know, you, you actually really have a formula, you know, like you have a framework. I transcribed every one of your coaching calls. Cause I let them listen to real coaching calls. And she's like, I transcribed every one of your coaching calls. Do you know that? I was like, yes, of course I know. That's what I do. Um, but yeah, so it, like learning how to teach someone like how to feel fear and like, you don't run from it, but you also don't have to do anything with it. That's not the time to take action. That's the time to really just look at what am I most afraid of? And if it didn't make me, and you know, even the, the fear busting process is it, it can feel really scary, but it's like, if you could think of the worst possible thing that someone could think of you, 
And to neutralize that, it almost seems counterintuitive. I'm just going to throw this one out there. And it is going to sound counterintuitive as a process. But being able to say, like, you know, what is the – can we do one right now? Can we just yeah, do this? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to do some coaching on you right now. So like, if, if you were to think of, like, the worst possible thing someone could think of you, um, and, and often – I will say, look at somebody who really triggers you. Think of someone in your life that really triggers you. Um, and oh, when I you know think of that, you know, what is the qualities that that person, what are the triggering qualities? What are the qualities about that person? Do you want to do it? Do, you don't have to yeah. say their name. No, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. do you want to know what the fear is? Yeah. So yeah. tell me in, what the fear in, is. In authenticity. In authenticity. I'm not authentic. I'm a fake. I'm a fraud. You're fake. You're a fraud. That's the worst fear that someone would find out and discover that you are, you are a fraud, that you're fake. That that's a big one for a lot of us. Um, and so I would say who in your life, when you were growing up, acted that way, acted inauthentic. Do you remember? Or do you remember? You remember? You can say you don't have to, but you can remember. And then, and then do you remember the person that really shamed or really pointed out to you how bad that quality is? Like, let's just say it was dad was really inauthentic. And then mom would say, when he acts like that, I hate, like, you know, if you can think about it. And then, and then do you remember the time in your life? And it, I don't know what age, we all have different ages, but you remember in that time in your life when you behaved in that way and you, you felt so embarrassed afterwards or ashamed? It might have only been one time, just one time. And you remember being like, oh, I, I, was, I, I really, and then do you remember making the decision you never wanted to be like that? Mm-hmm. And then, and then, do you realize what it's cost you? Like, can you think about the ways that you've overcompensated to never be inauthentic? Can you think about the ways that you've overcompensated to never be a fraud, to never be fake? Yeah, it's... Um, and can, and, yeah, yeah, share with me. Oh, it's just no? consistently driven me to touch wood. Be humble to the point of like be humble. <laughs> like just, it's like a it's like a wet stone of like be right. humble. Right. <laughs> humble. Be humble. <laughs> Always be so humble to the point that like, do you see what it's cost you though too? Yeah, I could own see? my wins more. Yeah, and I could own my gifts more. Yeah, touch wood. Right. Yeah, right. Um, and then this is the this is the process that's going to feel counterintuitive. You have to actually own that word until it takes the charge out of it. So um, you're going to say out loud to me until I tell you to stop. I am inauthentic. I am a fraud. I am fake. I'm say inauthentic. It. I'm a fraud. I'm a fake. Say it again. I'm inauthentic. I'm a fraud. I'm a fake. How does that feel to say that? Gooey. <laughs> awful but guess what that is your deepest fear and that is your shadow and that shadow will drive you to overcompensate 
So I will give the process to a woman. I'll say, listen, this isn't positive affirmations. You're not going to do this every day in the morning and look in the mirror, but you're going to do it one time for as long as it takes until you will rise through that until you remove the charge. So you'll say, I'm, I'm inauthentic. I'm fake. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. That doesn't phase me at all because I've had to work through my fraud complex. I've had to work through my imposter syndrome. I've had to work through never wanting anyone to think I was those things to the point that I would, I would give away things for free. I would work for nothing. I would, I, I, I would overdo to the point that it like I gained 50 pounds. I, I killed myself trying to prove I was so, I was mother earth. So I, you, when you own that word and, and it takes sometimes about 10 or 15 minutes of saying over, over and over. I'm inauthentic. I'm fake. I'm a fraud. I'm inauthentic. I'm fake. I'm a fraud. You'll start to go through, Ooh, this feels awful to you. will start to feel angry. You'll start to feel frustrated saying it. And then something magically clicks and you'll smile and go, Oh my God, who gives a shit? If I <laughs> We've all been inauthentic. We've all done that at times. We've all been, we've all felt that way, but you're not inauthentic, but you, you, you're human. And can you forgive that person who was inauthentic when you were growing up? Can you forgive that person for behaving in ways that you learned were so unacceptable? And when you can just forgive and forgive the person that taught you that being inauthentic was the worst thing to be because there's other things you could be that are worse. You could be a murderer. You could be a, like, this isn't the worst thing in the world to be. And guess what? There is a time and place. It might not seem like it on your show right now, but there may come a time in your life where you're going to have to be inauthentic because saying what you really want to say might put you in hot water. Saying what you really, really think might not be the right thing to do for your career. It might not be the right thing to do in your love life, being able to just go, you know, I really do think you look fat, honey. Like there is come times in life where, you know, and I think it's when we have these deep fears and these triggers and these things that it, it takes so much energy trying to prove who we're not, that there's not enough energy left over to be who we really are. I'm looking forward to jumping off this call and spending 15 minutes doing that actually. <laughs> but we're still in the call. So on oh the call. I read. <laughs> when it clicks, like I had one round, I had one around being difficult, demanding, controlling. Like I didn't want anyone to think I was difficult or demanding or controlling. Like I didn't want it anyone. I just wanted people to think I was so easygoing. I just went with the flow. I was so kind. I was so, but to the point that it was harming me, I, I had people steal from me. I had people, I, and that's, that's that I didn't, I hadn't connected with my own inner mother. I didn't know how to protect myself. And so I would do things like show up late. I would, I, I just always wanted to seem like, ah, hi, hi, I'm here. Like when you talk about the hippie, the hip, the hippie, I was like, I just wanted to be the hippie. I just wanted, I never wanted to look like I really wanted a lot of money. I didn't want anyone to think I really want, I was just, and, but then I was like, I can't be 
a great businesswoman if I don't have a sense of quality control. I was going to ask, that's an incredible tool because what we're doing is we're labeling the, well, first of all, we're connecting to the fear, then we're giving it a label and then we're holding space for it. And I imagine speaking it through out loud, we're actually transmuting a lot of it as well. And then the emotional charges are dropping out of it as well. And knowing that you've got the whole SWAT Institute, where can other people tune in to find other tools um, around this sort of stuff as well? I think because, yeah, honouring the amount of time we have in today's podcast and the 30 years of work that you've put into this, we probably can't go over every single tool. (laughs) Yeah. Where can people go find more tools? Yeah, www.swatinstitute.com. Institute. I know it's going to be funny that I'm going to spell this, but I am because I didn't realize how many people don't know how to spell institute. I-N-S-T-I-T-U-T-E. So just SWAT, Special Weapons and Tactical. I remember when I first launched the school, my very first book was Simply Woman. Um, And I self-published my very first book. And then I got a phone call on my birthday that Louise Hay had seen me on the shopping channel. And I got flown down to California and I got a three book deal with Hay House. And so I had, they picked up Simply Woman and then we did Transcendent Beauty. Nobody could ever say that word. Let me tell you how important titles are. Um, (laughs) If I could change it now, I would. Transcendent Beauty. And then I did Simply Empowered. Um, and then I, I went over to Random House, Penguin Random House, and I did The Emotional Edge. And then I also did a compilation book, um, a compilation book where I told the stories of 30 dynamic women from around the world who had risen against the odds. Um, so I remember when people said, why would you call your school SWAT? It sounds so masculine. And I said, because we are the new special weapons and tactical. and We're going to heal the world. One woman at the t- at a time. When you can heal a woman, you you really do heal generational trauma, and we heal our children. We heal our we heal our little boys, and we heal our little girls, and that's why healing women are, is so important. Because often women are still the center of the home, and when you have a healed woman, you you really the trickle down effect is so profound. So if you head over to Swan Institute, I've got a podcast. I do coaching like this on the first Friday of every month, free of charge. Um, I've got probably ten or fifteen incredible webinars that you can watch uh, free of charge. I have simplywoman.tv. I have twice a year we do our Simply Woman online retreat where I interview like just movers and shakers, women who are just changing the world. Um, We do tons and tons of give back. We also offer free mentorship coaching to any woman living anywhere in the world. Part of graduating through our program is you have to do 30 hours of coaching, real coaching with real women. So we provide our students as they're getting ready to graduate with real women, and they can do anywhere between three and six calls with one woman. And you can come back time and time and time again. We've had women, I'm just thinking of one of our students from Kenya who signed up for mentorship coaching for three years. She did mentorship coaching before she was ready financially and emotionally to sign up. And now she's a master empowerment coach. We're in 45 countries now. Uh, And I'm always just blown away when I think, how do these women find me? Um, But somehow they do from all around the world. So, uh, yeah, just head over to SWATinstitute.com. Awesome. It's interesting as well because what you shared is um, the parent-child dynamic. And I remember circling back to early parts of the conversation where you 
mentioned that yeah, we think we want to be a parent to our children and we want to drop into that parent energy and then recognizing just the wisdom of that. They never do what you say, right? Um, I've got a two-year-old and I'm already learning that, right? He does what I do. He does what I do. Um, and it's been really provoking is probably the right word <laughs> thought provoking emotionally provoking and like stimulating and challenging and all the bits and pieces to just recognize that fact and yeah just back to what you said before about you know you want to model the adult you know and you mentioned trauma and healing intergenerational trauma especially for mothers and you know learning to build a relationship with the inner child and heal it build a relationship with the inner parent and heal it and allow the two to come into some sort of symbiosis so that the adult can properly show up the you know the woman the man can show up you know un sort of tethered with i think we're always going to have some level of baggage um but not allowing it to dictate you know like rose tinted glasses or blue tinted like the filters aren't running how you perceive everything and run your life and um yeah just the importance of being able to model that behavior ultimately for ourselves but then also you know we did a podcast on trauma with thomas hubel and he said you know trauma goes seven generations down the line to you and then also seven generations down the line from you so when you start looking at it that way it's it's quite a profound body of work that you can invest yourself in to heal it's if you if you know i i would say and 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 kudos to you i mean your little boy you are the most important role model in his life. That's He's going good. to learn. That's a lot of responsibility. <laughs> I love the way you laugh at that. Um, but yeah. learning how to be a man by watching you. My daughter's learned how to be a woman by watching me. And I, I look at my daughters now. My eldest is the, the operations manager for our school. Um, my youngest is a celebrity makeup artist. She's just been on a worldwide tour with Avril Lavigne. She's back from Paris fashion week and New York fashion week. And like, I just look at them and I, and you know, they now are in their woman energy and they inspire me as I'm getting older to stay in my woman energy. They, they want me to be amazing, you know, and there's times where like they reach a milestone and then I think, Chrisley, you got to dig in and you got to go higher. Like, (laughs) and, and I love that now we're, we're finally seeing Listen, and I, I really, I, th- I love that you're doing this work as a man. I just love, we need more conscious, evolved men. We so desperately do. We so desperately do. Um, but I'm also loving that we're finally saying to women, you know, I, I interviewed, I'm always looking for, I literally have thousands of books. It's like, I have a problem with books. I now say to myself, you can't buy another book. Yeah. You can't buy another book until you read those eight books you just bought last week. But, um, I, I, I interviewed Pat Mitchell and she was, she's 80 years old now. She wrote her memoir at 79. I interviewed her last year. She was the first, she was the first woman to have a nationally syndicated television show before Oprah across the U.S. She was the first female president of CNN Productions. She was the first female president of PBS, Public Broadcasting Systems. This woman is just a, just a, a mover and a shaker. And when I interviewed her, and she was 79, and she's working on a, a climate, global climate project with Jane Fonda. Um, and, you know, I, she said, I said, you know, 
are you ever going to pass the torch? Something, something, something somebody said to me once. And she said, I will never pass the torch. I will light your torch, but I will never give up my torch. And at 79, I've got more work to do. I've got more important things to do than I've ever had to do in my life. And we're not getting older. We're getting bolder. We're getting brighter. We're getting stronger, we're getting smarter, we're, we're more involved, we're more enlightened. The world is counting on us. And we need older mentors and role models. We need, and as women, we need to be able to look to, you know, I, I look at, I know we're getting low on time. I look at some of these, even sometimes when I see these shows, like there's this show out of, out of Hollywood right now called The Golden Bachelor. And I see these women in their 60s and 70s. And I think, you're eight years older than me. Why are you behaving that way? What is wrong with you? Like, we need we need women, older women right now to like lead the way and show our younger women what can be done. And we also have to break through this these ideas around ageism. Like you hit a certain age, you hit menopause, it's all downhill. It's not. It's not. I feel at 52, I'll be 53 in a month. I feel truly in my most authentic, honest self, the best I've ever felt. I feel better. I feel more beautiful. I, and you know why? Because there is a, there's such a sense of self now that it's like, I'm not doing it for a man and I'm not even doing it for my children and I'm not doing it for anybody. I'm doing it for me. And when you start to do it for you, it's not selfish. It's the greatest gift you can give the world. Crystal. So profound. That's one of the deep realizations that I had when I was interviewing a gentleman named Stephen Jenkinson, who wrote wrote a book called Die Wise, was um, this topic of elderhood that he brought up, and I can just feel as part of this conversation um, because when I asked, he he basically delineated that a lot of people will get older, but not everyone becomes an elder, and I was like, well, that's a very tantalizing play on words. Can you tell me more? Um, and his description was, yeah, you know, basically as it describes, some many of us will just grow older. And in today's society, we place eldership, we just associate it with older olderhood. And also olders just take for granted that they're getting older, so they're going to become elders. But really, there is a difference between an elder and an older. Um, and then I asked in my foolishness, <laughs> Well, in my podcastingness, um, which was, you know, how do you di- how do you discern the difference between an older and an elder? And he said it was quite simple, actually. Um, you just have to ask the older or the older two questions, and the questions being, firstly, what did you know, which is straightforward enough, and the second question sort of drops like a ton of bricks, which is, what did you do about it? Mm. And being able to respond to those two, yeah. It reminds me just that simple, what my concept of is, it's it's not your chronological age, it's your emotional age. And, and emotionally, you know, as we get older, if we can tap into that wisdom and that confidence and that curiosity, then we keep learning and we keep sharing. And, and I, that's certainly what I hope happens for me. And I have to tell you before we say goodbye, you have the most beautiful voice. Like I, <laughs> I know why people are loving you because they're just loving your voice. <laughs> and like, we need to teach people that. Like I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm going to listen to me back and I'm going to be like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> and you're 
Wow, that is quite the compliment. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And circling back, I just wanted to say, yeah, like the the point I was trying to make, thank you, I've touched, um, was just, yeah, the emotional bandwidth, realising our emotional age and coming to terms with that, I think gives us the opportunity to be able to figure out what we can do about the things that we do know from a really grounded place, whether we're reacting as a parent or a child. And yeah, man, I'm a massive fan of your work. Thank you so much for doing this here with us today. And thank you so much for your very kind reflection and compliment on the voice. <laughs> learning to accept with more grace but honestly it's you know crystal for those that actually take the time to tune into your work it is deeply profound and you know you've been supporting thousands of women over the last 30 years your books have probably reached countless number of people but also just you know honoring you for the challenge of your own journey that you've gone through and you know these depths of tools are profound for everybody that's come across them you can tell by the reviews and the testimonials that you see on the SWAT Institute but you can also tell that you know you had to do the work on yourself so just honoring you sister bear for who you are and you know just really grateful for you sharing your time here today and you and all your tools absolutely but also grateful for you doing you thank you so much thank you yeah dude what's new in your world i'd love to just tune in and tune base because you've been an empowerment coach for 30 years and then yeah you've been coaching other coaches how like as a young coach starting out on his journey like to me you've done it all (laughs) i have like i have when i think about it i opened my first health club at 21 i was running a chain of health clubs by the time i was 25 um then i always entrepreneurial I was, I've always been an entrepreneur and I've always worked for myself and I've always, I've never had a boss. I've always been my own boss. And, you know, even when we got married after a year, my husband was like, well, why, why am I going to work over there doing that thing? Like, why don't I just kind of come and work with you? That was a mistake, but we did it for 14 years until I finally, was like, you know what? You, you just need your own thing. Um, but you just need your own thing and I need my own thing. Um, but yeah, I've always, I've just always been able to, I've had a belief around money that it's not hard to make. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I just had a belief around it. Like I can turn anything to gold. I'm an alchemist. So I think when you have that belief, then you, you, you can't believe if you believe it's really hard, it will be. Um, and I, I just came from a belief that like, of course I can do this. And if other people are doing it, it's possible. So, um, and then it's really, really supercharging to see other people do it, to teach other people and then see them do it and see them thrive. Um, And that, you know, we go back to that, that fear around inauthenticity. That was a fear of mine because I was such a successful entrepreneur that I would have that little bit of like, um, you know, the, the naysayers and the mean people that are like, oh, you know, she takes wounded women's money and she like, oh, I have to prove that I'm, this is real. So then once you have enough people saying, you changed my life, then I can be like, okay, no, this is real. What I do is real. It's real. Um, but it, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a journey. That's for sure. It's been a journey. Thank you so much for tuning in to this amazing episode of the Inspired Evolution. Without you, the Inspired Evolution tribe, this podcast would not be what it is today. 
Thank you so much for your love and your support. Thank you so much for being so inspired to evolve. It's truly inspiring. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the Inspired Evolution on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution's video podcast. We release inspiring conversations such as this every week, along with guided meditations and empowering insights all designed to help you grow and evolve. Honestly, your subscription on YouTube to the channel helps us out a great deal. And one of the other benefits, if you're having any insights or shifts from these episodes that you want to chat about, or if you'd like to leave myself or the guest a message, please do so in the comments on YouTube. I truly look forward to hearing from you. And as always, Tribe, remember to stay inspired and keep evolving. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you Acast powers the world's best podcasts here's a show that we recommend The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.